We are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. Great to have everybody today. Happy Father's Day to all the dads here. Hey, how about all the dads? Just stand up a minute. All the dads. Just stand up. If you're a dad... And uh, hey, let's give these guys a hand. Awesome. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Hey, by the way, when you leave today, if you are a dad, uh, we've got root beer. There's gonna, everybody's going to get a, a nice thing, a root beer when you leave today. So uh, really, really cool ice down root beer. So that's for the dads on the way out. And we see some ladies with root beer. We're going to take it from you. So you can't just for the dads today. This is your day, guys. Mother's Day. We did everything for them. Now, this is your day, all right? How about that? It's good to see you guys. Um, just a couple things to, to mention before I get started today on this new series. Uh, first thing is, our church is uh, going to be going to Guatemala July 17th through 27th, I believe. And uh, we are doing a shoe drive. We're going to be taking shoes to Guatemala. You know, recently, Guatemala around Antigua, which is where we're going, there was a volcano that erupted there, and a lot of people were made homeless, and a lot of devastation hit Guatemala. So we have a team of about 10 people from Bayshore. They're going into Guatemala. And we're going to be uh, ministering to children, uh, I'll be preaching at a uh, church down there in Guatemala. We'll be ministering to the people down there. But we'd like to take shoes down to Guatemala, and uh, we'd like to fill suitcases and suitcases and suitcases of shoes. Uh, and a lot of people in Guatemala don't have shoes or they, uh, they have old shoes. And if you have some good shoes uh, that are in pretty good shape, uh, or if you want to go to yard sale and buy some shoes... Um, one of the last trips we took, one of the guys took two big suitcases full of shoes down, got rid of all of them. Uh, every church they went to and village they went to, people need shoes. So um, remember this, Guatemalan people have small feet. So if you wear like a 14 and you bring in some shoes, that's not, there, maybe somebody could live in that, but I, <laughs> that's not going to help us. We need shoes, adult shoes is nine, size nine and down, children's shoes, ladies' shoes, uh, the boys. I was talking to Steve McDaniel down there this week, uh, uh, communicating with him via uh, texting, and he says that uh, the little boys down there love little rubber boots, so there's a lot of mud in Guatemala and all that. So next week, starting next week, uh, there's going to be a big bin uh, in the foyer, and uh, we're going to be collecting shoes, and all of those shoes are going to be packaged up, taken to Guatemala to help people. And that's what Bayshore does. We help people that have needs. So if you uh, got some shoes that you're not using, 
and uh, they're not big Clyde hoppers. We'd love to have those shoes and uh, take them down. Or if you want to buy some shoes, or if you want to go to yard sales and buy shoes, uh, children's shoes, ladies' shoes, men's shoes. That starts next week, our big shoe drive. So, um, anyhow, that's coming up. Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning, and I want to welcome our um, podcast community, people that are listening on uh, our podcast. We have people that listen all over the place to Bayshore, so thank you for listening to our podcast if you're listening right now. And also, we'd like to welcome our Facebook community that's listening, Facebook Live right now, listening to this service. Uh, and the best way to experience Bayshore is being here, but we're glad you're listening uh, on Facebook. So let's give our Facebook community a, lot, a hand. Thank you for listening this morning. We're starting a brand new series today uh, called The Church, and this is a study uh, in the book of Acts. It's not going to be verse by verse, but we're going to look at some scenes in the book of Acts, uh, and we're going to be talking about the church. What is the church about? Uh, what does that mean? Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, what the church looked like in the book of Acts and uh, hopefully challenge us to reconfigure things we're doing as a church in America. So we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the book of Acts. The book of Acts is one of my favorite uh, books in the, in the New Testament. I love the Bible. People always say, hey, that's your favorite, that's your favorite, but this is one of my favorites for sure. I think the book of Acts may be the most exciting book in the New Testament. It could be the most exciting book in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, there are riots. There are people that are miraculously healed there's churches that are planted. Uh, there's uh, Paul is stoned and attacked. People are attacked. There's a lot of uh, vicious attacks on people in the book of Acts as the gospel's going forth. There's even a guy in the book of Acts that church service is going on. He's sitting in the second story of a window, and he falls out of the window and dies, and they raise him from the dead. So this is a pretty exciting book, uh, and it's really, really amazing. And it's written by... Uh, Scholars believe it's written by Luke, uh, who uh, was the author of another book. And who could guess what other book Luke authored in the New Testament? How many know that is what book? You know that book? Luke, of course. We have Luke and we have Acts. And both of these books uh, are, are, are written to a man by the name of Theophilus. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, like you, when you type in your email and you put the address in, in both the book of Luke and the book of Acts, the, the, the name of the person that the book is written to is in the first verse or the second verse. So that's important. Now, the, the, first, the book of Acts begins with this little thing. It says, in my former book, Theophilus. So we know that Luke wrote another book. Uh, and, of course, that book was Luke. And Luke was about everything that Jesus did on the earth. And we know that uh, Luke said that he uh, systematically researched. Luke was a physician. He was an intellectual. And uh, he uh, had a very big compassion toward non-Jewish people. And so Luke uh, wrote the Gospel of Luke, and it tells all about what Jesus did. Told about his miracles told about the things he, he taught about. And then Luke uh, writes a sequel to the book of Luke, and that's Acts. So basically, Luke and Acts are like Rocky one and Rocky two. It's the sequel. 
So when you read the book of Acts, it's a sequel, and, and he begins by saying, um, it's about, uh, you know, this book, uh, I wrote in my former book about everything that Jesus began to do. So Jesus is still doing things in the book of Acts. He's not on earth, but he's doing it through his church. See, Jesus cares about people, cares about poor people. Uh, he cares about needs in our community. He cares about people that are depressed. He cares about situations. And, and when Jesus was on the earth, he fed people that were hungry. He taught people that were confused. He gave direction to people that needed help. He saved people that had no hope. And so in the book of Acts, Jesus still does those things, but through the church. We are Jesus on the earth. We are Jesus on the earth. If Jesus were living today, you know what he would do? Jesus would take shoes down to Guatemala. And he would put them on the feet of people that didn't have any shoes. But Jesus is doing that through us. So the book of Acts is about Jesus still doing things on earth, but now doing it through the church. And he says in the first book, I wrote about what Jesus began to do. By the way... When you look at, you look at um, the book of Luke and it ends with Jesus on the cross, it ends with Good Friday and, of course, the resurrection, but it looked like in the end of the book of Luke that, that things were dark, the church was in hiding, the followers of Jesus were hiding under the bed, and it looked like things were over, but there was another chapter. And let me just say this to you this morning. If you feel like your life, you're, you've, 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 a chapter in your life has ended, and you feel like there is no future, maybe you lost your job, maybe you are in a different situation in life, maybe your kids left home and you're an empty nester and you wonder what's next. The book of Acts is about what's next. There is always a new chapter in your life when one chapter ends. Say it with me. There is always a new chapter in my life when one chapter ends. I believe that. I believe life is going through a series of chapters. And when one chapter ends, oh my gosh, we feel like it's all over with. You know, we, that's ended and oh my gosh, we don't have any future. There's no need. We don't have, nobody needs us anymore. But I'm here to tell you when one chapter ends, a new chapter begins. So the book of Acts is about Jesus still doing stuff on the earth, but now he does it through the church. Jesus is still working in the world. He does it through us. That's the, that's the message. That's the big idea of the, of the book of Luke. Now here is uh, the book of Acts. Here's the interesting thing about the, the book. Uh, both, of, both Luke and Acts are written to Theophilus. Now, it's titled. That's an unusual thing to happen in the New Testament. A lot of times, uh, books aren't, you know, named who they're to. And uh, we pick up where they're, you know, who they're going to, and we put a tag on them. But in the book of Acts, there is a specific title of who the book went to, and it went to this guy named Theophilus. In the book of Luke, it says, Most Excellence Theophilus. So this is probably a, a person of high rank. It's probably a nobleman, probably an aristocrat, aristocrat. Some people believe that Theophilus was not the guy's name, but when he got baptized, 
he was given a new name. In the New Testament, sometimes when people were baptized, they were given a new name. And perhaps his name was, maybe it was a famous person that we know of in history. And when he got baptized, he was given the name Theophilus. Now, what does Theophilus mean? Theo means God in Greek. Theo. Philos. Philos, phileo, means love. So, the, Theophilus is Theophileo. It means lover of God. Someone that loves God. Lover of God. Think about that. Think about that being your name. Hey, what's your name? Hey, my name is lover of God. I'm a lover of God. I love God. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. You see, that's, that's the fundamental part of our faith that we love Jesus. Christianity is not a thing of the head. It's a thing of the heart. Uh, it's not about people who know theology. It's about people who know Jesus, who walk with Jesus. I remember when I was, uh, in fact, I, I play tennis with this guy that uh, his brother is a kind of a legalistic, heavy-handed Christian, a little bit of an oversaved person. And um, his brother, and I've been sharing the Lord with my friend for years now, and uh, the reason he's kind of struggling with Christianity is his brother is, 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 is all about the Bible and, and theology, and he's always coming up with these esoteric, complicated little theological things that he tries to trick everybody up in. And it's all about theology, and it's all about, hey, did you know this about the Bible? And it's not much about Jesus, and it's turning my friend off. The Bible is a letter, it's a book about people who know Jesus and walk with Jesus. They love Jesus. They are lovers of Jesus. Now, what you believe is important, academics is important, your head's important, but Christianity is not about your head. Christianity is about your heart. People can know the Bible. They can know everything about the Bible and not know Jesus. It's possible to memorize, listen to this, it's possible to memorize the whole New Testament and not know Jesus. And Theophilus was somebody who loved God who love God. He's a lover of God. Let me ask you this question this morning. Are you a person who loves Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Think about that fundamental question that Jesus asked Peter after the resurrection. John 21, Peter is, you know, going fishing because he's, you know, feels like he's unworthy to be an apostle. He's going fishing and remember, he's out there, and Jesus appears on the Sea of Galilee, on the shores, and he's fixing some fish for him in John 21. Beautiful story. And, um, and, and, and Peter is the Lord, and he jumps in the water, and they swim, and they bring this, the fish, catch a fish there. And then after they have breakfast, Jesus says to Peter three times to match the three times Jesus, he denied Jesus. Do you love me more than these? What, is, what does these mean? Is he talking about these disciples? Is he talking about the fish, these boats? He just says, do you love me more than these? Scholars, you know, 
guess about what that is. I think it's probably because Peter had said before he denied the Lord, Lord, everybody else may deny you, but I will never deny you. And when Jesus asked him, you love me more than these, I think he's referring to the disciples. You said you love me more than everybody else. Do you love me more than these? And three times he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? I have no idea what that is out there. What is going on out there? <laughs> Something going on out there. Peter, do you love me? Not Peter, do you not Peter, do you believe in me? Not Peter, do you understand everything that I said? Peter, do you love me? Christianity is all about, are we a lover of God? Are you a Theophilus today? Are you somebody who loves Jesus? Do you love Jesus? That's what it's about. That's what Jesus asked Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Let me ask you this. Do you love Jesus as much as you used to love Jesus. That's what came up in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, the church of Ephesus. Remember those seven letters that was addressed and uh, Jesus uh, was addressing these letters to these churches, these churches in Asia, Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. He said to the church of Ephesus, he said, I have, you, you're doing good. You have good doctrine You've tested false prophets and found them to be false. You've tested false prophets and you've found out that they don't have right doctrine and you work hard. So they have good theology. It doesn't matter what you believe. They have good theology and they're, they're, they hold to the truth and they work hard. They're serving God. They're ushering. They're serving on the host team. They're working. They're serving. They're just serving God. Then he says, but I have this against you. You have lost your first love. You don't love me like you used to love me. It was about love. Theophilus, lover of God. The church at Ephesus worked hard, believed hard, fundamental doctrine, Preacher got up and preached exegetical messages, taught the truth, but the church's heart had grown cold. Its head was sharp, but its heart was cold. Yesterday, actually, I think it was uh, Friday, my granddaughter Willow was staying with us, and uh, we had this swing. She made this uh, piece of wood for a swing, and I hung the swing for her. Here's a picture of her on the swing. And uh, my little granddaughter Willow, she's eight. And uh, we hung this swing, and, you know, we got the ladder out. And, and uh, so we got it hung, and I couldn't get her off the swing. I w we, came in we came in the house, and uh, she's still on that swing. I mean, we had to take her back to see, you know, to her mom and dad. Uh, she spent the night with us. She's still on the swing. She wouldn't get off the swing. She loved the swing. She's excited about the swing. I think when we, we first meet Jesus, we're just excited about Jesus. You know, man, why don't this church have more church services? Man, I want to go to church. I want to go to Bible study. 
I'm just, man, I want to see more. I want to grow more. I mean, we're just, you just couldn't get enough concerts. You couldn't get enough church services. You know, wish there was churches every, every Sunday. You wish, I mean, every week, every day of the week. You just wish there were more because you were just hungry for God. You were just hungry for the Lord. Now, and this is not a criticism of you. It's not a criticism. It's just a fact. Do you know that the average American Christian today goes to church once every three weeks? Once every three weeks. There's been a shift in America of our passion toward Jesus. We all got stuff we like to do, and I'm all about that and, and, and all that stuff. But the question that was asked in the book of Revelation was asked to the church of Ephesus was, you know what? You, you believe right. You work hard. But your heart has gotten cold. And you don't love me like you used to love me. You're not passionate about me. You're not a Theophilus. You're not a lover of God. And we are called to be lovers of God. Christianity is not about the head. Christianity is about the heart. Our hearts need to burn within us because we love Jesus and we love him with all of our heart. Can you say big amen? So that's what, that's what this text teaches. Theophilus. I had to ask myself the question, am I a Theophilus? Do I love God? Do I love Jesus? You know, do I love Jesus like I used to? I love Jesus as much as I used to. You know, it's like if you go to, you ever take kids to Disney? Take kids to Disney. You know how excited kids are in Disney? They're just like wild banshees. You take them to Disney. They're just running everywhere, and they're looking at Mickey Mouse, and they're all excited. And you cannot enjoy Disney unless you go with kids to Disney. Karen and I have been as adults. It's no fun. You've got to have kids that are excited about Disney. They just want to see everything. Take a bunch of dolls to Disney. First thing they're going to say is, Want to get something to eat? And then complain about how much the food costs. That's what adults do. Jesus said, unless you come into the kingdom of God like a little child, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. A couple verses to shake us up a little bit. People say, I just love what Jesus says in the Gospels. I don't know about Paul and all that. Well, if, we just not, if you don't get uncomfortable with what Jesus says, you're not reading it right. Matthew 10, 37. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me. Anyone who, say it with me, loves. Anyone who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Radical, radical call to love Jesus more than anything else in our life. It does not say in this text to not love your mom and dad. Doesn't the scripture say, honor your father and mother that your days may be long on this earth? Doesn't it say, love your enemies? 
So it doesn't mean not to love your mom and dad. I took my mom and dad, Karen and I took my mom and dad over to PK, Pizza King uh, in Seaford on Thursday. I don't know if you know this, Pizza King in Seaford on Thursday have bean day. Lima beans, fresh lima beans and dumplings. Seriously good. So Thursdays, I got my mom and dad over there. I call them, hey, it's bean day. You want to go to PK? We're going to bean day. So we sitting there with my mom and dad, talking to them, loving them. I called my dad this morning. I love my dad. Love my mom. My dad says when I call him, I said, Dad, how are you doing? He says this every time. And when he leaves this earth, I will dearly miss this. He says, if I looked as good as you, I'd be doing pretty good. I said, yes, Dad, this is correct. I am your best-looking child. That is correct. I love my dad. I love my mom. My mom's got some memory issues. And I hug her and I love her and she's sweet. But Jesus said, if you love father and mother more than me, Listen to how radical this is. As much as I love my mom and dad, and Lord knows, don't get me started on my grandkids. As much as I love my boys, I called, called Joel yesterday to bar his power washer. He was screening my calls. I didn't get it. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> I love my kids. I love my boys. I was down there preaching for uh, Joel at the Rehoboth campus last week. It's amazing what God's doing down there. And I look at that boy, I'm just, I just love him. It's amazing. I love my son, Tim. He can so smart, he can build anything. He's smart. Jesus said, when you think about love, as much as you love the person that you love most in this world, If you don't love me more than that, you're not worthy of me. Our love for Jesus has to supersede our deepest passions on the earth. We need to love him more, more than anything. Now, okay, that one's, that's a rough verse. Say it with me. Anyone who loves father or mother, and let's emphasize love, anyone who loves his father and mother, say it with me, more than me is not worthy of me. So the call of Christianity is about the heart, loving Jesus, loving Jesus more. How about this one? Wow. If anyone comes to me, Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's Luke 14, 26. Now, now, that can't mean to hate your mom and dad because it tells us to honor our mom and dad and it tells us we should, in Matthew 10, uh, the parallel verse says we should not love him more. So this is what we call a hyperbole. I remember being a freshman at University of Delaware asking the question, what is that? What, is a, what does a hyperbole mean? What does a hyperbole mean? How many know what a hyperbole is? And a hyperbole is an extravagant statement to get your attention. 
Love is relative. But our love for Jesus and the call of the New Testament is to love Him so much. To love Him so much. To be so in love with Jesus that comparatively it looks like hate to everybody else. Here's, a, here's an important, important principle. When you love Jesus first, you can love others better. Because he's the author of love. And when he's Lord of your life, you're going to be able to love your wife better. You're going to be able to love your kids better. You're going to be able to love the Democrats better. You're going to be able to love the Republicans better. Whatever it is you're struggling with. When you love Jesus first, it helps you to love others better. So, how do we, how can we summon this love up that we love Jesus uh, like we're supposed to love him? How can we summon up this love? Well, here's the first thing. The first thing is, Listen to this, very important. Where a Theophilus is somebody who loves God. So how do you become a person who loves God? Love for God is reciprocal of his love for us. Say it with me. Love for God is reciprocal of his love for us. You have to receive his love in order to love him back. When I was growing up with, uh, across from my grandparents, they had a little farmhouse, and uh, I hate to say this, it dates how old I am, but I remember when they didn't have running water, and they had a hand pump, so that makes me pretty old. And here's a picture of a hand pump. I don't know if you've ever seen a hand pump. No, no, that's not a hand pump. There you go. <laughs> Something else. Good check. Good try, though. This is a, they had a red hand pump like this in the kitchen. How many here, you're old enough to remember these or you know about them? Maybe you studied them in school. Maybe you've been to a museum and you've seen these. My grandparents had one of these. How many have ever used a hand pump? Now, here's what's cool about a hand pump. You can pump the hand pump and nothing happens. What you have to do is take some water you have saved up and you pour water in the top of the hand pump it it creates pressure in the pump and then when you pump it the water comes out you it's called priming the pump so when 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 you pour water in the pump you the water causes water to come out of the pump and it says this this is what Jesus does for us it says in Romans 5 5 through 8, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he's given us. God's, God pours his love into us. He's loved us so perfectly. He's loved us so absolutely. He's loved us so passionately that his love has been poured into us and we've received his love. And because we've received his love, out of our hearts comes back love toward him that we love him with all of our hearts. It says this in 1 John 
4.19. We love him because he first loved us. Love for God, being a Theophilus, is reciprocal. You have received God's. How many have received God's love this morning? You know that God loves you. Just say a big amen right now. Just lift your hands up a moment and say, Lord, you love me. You love me. I've received your love. I've received your grace. I've received your mercy. He's poured out his love, his passionate love on you. So you've got to receive love. So you see a person doesn't love God and they don't have any love for God and they don't get it. It's because there's a deficiency. They haven't received God's love yet. How do you know? How do you know that God loves you? How do I know that God loves me? Well, the Scripture says so. I've experienced it by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. His Holy Spirit has touched me. But I also know fundamentally because of the cross. The cross is the ever, never forgettable symbol of God's love for us. And he did that because he loves you. He did that because he loves me. I took... uh, Willow, the other night when she was staying with us, I took her to the movies. The night before Thursday night, I took her to see The Invincibles, Invincible 2. Seriously good movie. Seriously good. How many have seen The Invincibles yet? You've seen it yet? Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, my God. The Incredibles. The Incredibles. No wonder. No wonder you haven't seen that movie. The Incredibles. I meant The Incredibles. You know what I meant. How many have seen The Incredibles, Incredible 2? Anybody seen it yet? Okay, wow, it was amazing. I took Willow, took her down to Regal in Salisbury. Here's a picture of me and her before the movie, sitting there, getting ready. And uh, we had a wonderful time. It's a really, really good movie. But we go in there. I have movie pass, so I pay $9 a month and I go to any movie I want to see. It's just really great. And then uh, you know, I could share, you, share that story with you, but that's not the purpose of this message. It is a powerful thing. But I had to buy her ticket, and then she said, Papa, can we get some popcorn and M&Ms? I said, sure, Willow. I knew they cost outrageously expensive there. But I love Willow. Love her with all my heart. I just love Willow. And she said... I want some popcorn, and she, you know, we picked out the popcorn, and then she, she, she had to, it took her the longest time to figure out what M&Ms to get. There are all these different kinds, and she kept, she didn't want to make a mistake, so she just went back and forth, back and forth, and she finally picked out the M&Ms, and then she said, um, I'd like to have a bottle of water. I said, well, you know, they got, uh, they got water fountains in there, you know, you want to, <laughs> you, you didn't get a water fountain. No, Papa, I think I, I, wanna, I want a bottle of water. Here's a small popcorn, that size. Here's the M&M's, and the bottle of water just slightly bigger than that. $18.44. I am not lying to you. I said... Oh, sorry, is that correct? Is it $18.44? Yes, $18.44. Would you like to round it up to support a charity, she said. I said, I'm good, which meant I'm good not to do that. She thought I meant I'm good to do that. 
So it cost me $19. $19 for this. But watching that little girl sit in there with a popcorn, with M&M's, watching the Invincibles? Incredibles, there you go. <laughs> you know, I didn't pay attention. I was still thinking about the popcorn and what it cost. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Karen finds out she's going to kill me. Uh, truth is, Truth is, if it was $38, I'd have got it for her. Would have hurt, but I would have got it for her. <laughs> because I love her so much that I'm willing to pay any price to make her happy. He loves you so much. He's willing to pay any price to make you happy. His love has been poured into our hearts. Because His love has been poured into our hearts, that love flows back. I love Him more than anything. And that's what Theophilus means. Are you a lover of God. I know some of you don't love Jesus like you used to, and I'm not saying that to make you upset. Just life has just taken over your mind, taken over your heart. And the early church was not filled with people that were second or third generation believers. They were people that had experienced the resurrection of Jesus they knew Jesus, they loved Jesus, and he was the most important thing in our life. And may Jesus, may our love for Jesus recapture our hearts, and may we love him more than we've ever loved him. When I have a final prayer this morning, I'm getting ready to have a final prayer, I'd like to ask you to close your head, uh, close, your, close your eyes, bow your heads, not close your head. Uh, we don't ever believe that church. Close your eyes and bow your head. If you're here this morning and you haven't received the love of Jesus, you're not a lover of God, you don't love Jesus, you're not a Christian, you don't know Jesus, this is a service designed for you to get to know Jesus, to know Jesus this morning, become a Christian. And if you'd like in this final prayer to say, Pastor Danny, I, I, don't, I don't know Jesus, I don't know him. Paul said in Philippians that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection. The word know means to know absolutely, completely. If you're here this morning, you'd like to know Jesus, just lift your hand up and I'm going to pray for you in this final prayer and just say, uh, as your hand's lifted up, say, Pastor Dan, would you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus this morning. Now, I'd like to ask this question. You know, my heart's gotten jaded it's gotten cold i'm a professional christian i've been to 10 churches i know the ropes but i don't i don't really i'm not passionate about jesus anymore and i need to and i want to be filled with a new passion for jesus just lift your hand up and say pastor dan would you pray for me today thank you thank you 
Just lift your hand up. Leave it up a minute. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. People saying, I want to be passionate for Jesus. Oh, my. Thank you for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees that. He sees that. Let's all lift our hands, both hands to the Lord right now before we are dismissed. Lord, thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that's moving right now. That you're rekindling our faith. You're making us passionate for you. We love you, Jesus, more than anything. Lord, you've loved us in ways we can't even comprehend. And I pray that the, the presence of Jesus would be real to us when we leave. It will be real to us Monday when we're riding down the road, going to work, and all the craziness of our lives. Jesus, you're the reason. You're the reason we get up in the morning. Because life's more about making than just making money and paying bills and going to soccer games and going to the beach. Life is about knowing you, Jesus. So just say this with me, Jesus. Say this with me, Jesus. I give you all of my heart. Let the love of God flow into my heart like never before. And may my love flow back to you at greater intensity than it ever has before. I love you, Jesus. I am a Theophilus, a lover of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. If you love Jesus, say a big amen. If you love Jesus, give the Lord a celebration. Woo! Love you, Jesus. Listen, if you're here for the first time, thank you for coming. Don't forget to go to the information table back there. We got a goodie for you. got a bag for you. And if you need prayer this morning, there's a table over here, Pastor Jeff, and some people to pray for you. Uh, we'd love to pray for you and help you. We'll see you next Sunday for part two. God bless you guys. <laughs>